Comics. I am JP, and I'm here with... Tyler! Yeah! Actually, Tyler. actually, John, I'm here. I'm here recording. You are with me. That's true. I am I am with you in spirit kind of thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm phoning in via Alaska, pretty much, since it's so snowy outside. Yeah, I, l- I really like it, actually. No, me too. I mean, uh, here in South Dakota, we've kind of been really, really spoiled and had, like, really nice weather. So, welcome to the end of the world, and the snow is back. Yeah, I really like it. And for those that are listening, I am eating a frozen pizza because I just got home from working out. So, got to keep this buff bod. You're dang right. You're dang right. Body by dad. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, (laughs) mm-hmm. I have a dad bod. Tyler's going to be munching throughout this show, which is fine. We're going to have a little bit of a shorter show because it was kind of a small week for me anyway. Yeah. I bought 20 copies of the new John Wick number one comic from Dynamite Studios. Yeah, that that was a really good issue. Did you like it? I did. Uh, I would say good, not great. Yes. However, a good start. Yeah. Did you – okay, as a huge fan of the movie – was the comic um, close for you? I mean, were you disappointed it, at all? Uh, the only thing that I've, I have like a little bit of a gripe about is like the character John Wick. I think is so cool that he doesn't really like absolutely need a backstory. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Know, he doesn't have to have one, which right. is fine. So that that I was just like, man, you know, I don't really need to nip all this. I just want to see him kick ass. However, I think tonally, I think it matches the films. Um, I think it's tough to capture that action yep. in comic form because yes. the films have such frenetic, crazy, awesome action. But if you're a fan of the films and you read this and you're looking through it and your brain can kind of fill in the gaps, then I think it really does capture the tone of the films. And then um, I did just like the little nods to the movie. Um in terms of the characters and the uh, the lines that they say. So, yeah, overall, I did enjoy the book. I was worried because sometimes, and well, now, let's be honest, a lot of times, uh, comic adaptations of films just don't work. Yeah. This, I think, does. I think it works on a, a good ground level, and I really like it. I'm excited to see what happens. I think there's a, a lot of room for fun and excitement, and uh, issue number one was good. How did you feel about the character being drawn to look like uh, Keanu Reeves? I think the art is good. I would again put this comic in like good, not great section. Mm-hmm. He looks he looks good. The art is solid, and the art is consistent. So that's kind of what I appreciated about the book because everything is consistent. Uh, sometimes you can get some inconsistencies in the art. I didn't really find too many, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I, I liked it overall. I mean, I was really happy and. Um, and just as a fan, I was really happy just to have this book. So, yeah. Overall, I was happy with everything. So if they could have wrote a pile of crap and you still would have liked it? Uh, I mean, I, if they wrote a pile of crap, I, I would have picked it apart. Mm-hmm. But I don't think this is crap. I think this is good. It's a good start, a good setup. And I lost John there, so I am going to call him back real quick here. Um, just give me a second. This is makes really good radio, doesn't it? All right, let's call John back. Hey, hey, John, do we have you? 
Okay, hold on. Are you back? I'm back. I'm here. Okay. John is back, people. Um, what happened was somebody was beeping in on my phone, and I hit the wrong button. <laughs> you hung up on me. Yeah, I did, literally. How dare you? I know. It's, I mean, I know this is a very Keanu Reeves and uh, John Wick and John Jones episode, but you don't need to treat me like that. I know. Isn't that fun? John Wick, John Jones. We, that's what I'm going to call it, the John Wick, John Jones episode. <laughs> the John Wick, John Jones show? Yeah. I like it. I like it. But um, what I was saying before I got rudely interrupted was uh, um, I did kind of knock the issue a little bit already just by saying it's good, not great. Right. Um, but for with with such a big title character, there's a lot of things that they could do. And that's why I'm excited just to have this because I have no idea where this is going to go. Um, I really just want action and right. maybe a little bit of story. I I could I could be less on the story and more on the action for this book. Just like you know, the movie is that way. You know, it's it's just it's pretty much ninety percent action, ten percent story. So follow that formula and you should do well. Yeah, I agree. Um, I really did like the art a lot, though. You know, yeah. I haven't seen the movie in quite a while, so I wasn't really basing much on the script of the movie. I was just reading it for a good comic. No, and absolutely, even um. Uh, ground level fans who don't know or haven't seen the film, you're going to enjoy the book. However, I think you're going to get more enjoyment out of it if you have seen the film, just because of the characters that are in it, the lines that are said that are nods to the movie. Um, you're going to get a lot more out of it. So I really like that. And, um, you know, the biggest reason I went so heavy handed into this is, you know, a lot of people thought I was crazy for buying 20 issues, but I'm getting in, I'm getting this and I got so many copies is um, one, this is technically the first appearance of John Wick in a, in a comic. So this is John Wick's first appearance. Yeah. And I've got 20 of them. So uh, with the John Wick universe um, having such a uh, avid following, you know, the first one was a huge hit. Second one was a huge hit. Uh, yeah, rumors of a third one are going to come out. Um, however, I'm pretty sure they've confirmed it, release date of 2019. And then there's also rumors of a television show. Uh, rumors of a spin-off movie with uh, featuring a girl called the ballerina. Really? So there's a huge upscale or upside to this book if you bought a couple copies and just sit on them. And uh, with me being a huge fan, I have no problem having 20 copies. Are that you... was the first reason I bought it, though, was first appearance and just the upside. Um, second reason is I do have a buddy who gets celebrity signings, and he said he will pretty much guarantee that he's going to have Keanu Reeves signing at some point, just not sure when. So that's why I have some books ready for him, too, to send off. That's awesome. I, oh, my man, I would love a couple of them and then get them framed. And, yeah. Yeah, you're a huge Keanu Reeves fan. Absolutely. I've got one Keanu Reeves autograph, but um, it's not on anything super special. It's just on, like, a 4x8 or 4x5 piece okay. of paper, and it's just certified. All right. Let's go through it here. Uh, you're, I'm going to go through my top five Keanu Reeves movies. Okay. What's Eating Gilbert Grape, number five. He wasn't in that one. Yes, he was. It's Johnny Depp. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, <laughs> what's... <laughs> great start. This no. Great start. Yeah, that's why it was number five. <laughs> I knew something was off. <laughs> you, should just, <laughs> you, should just, 
You should just leave it on there. <laughs> no. Uh, no. Let's see Gilbert Grape. Um, no, the parenthood is what I was thinking of. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then, but then I was, for some reason, Gilbert Grape got in my head. Um, but anyway, <laughs> that movie where he's just a total loser, you know, and he, um, yeah, parenthood. And yeah, then, um. Good, good flick, good flick. So that's yeah. your number five. Yeah, my number, number four, my number four is speed. All right. That's how do you, good choice. how do you feel about that? Do you think it should be higher up on the list? Uh, no, actually, um, when we get to my list, I think it's very similar where I placed speed. So, okay. Uh, that's good. That's a good pick. Okay. Uh, both Bill and Ted's movies are number three. I think number three is a little high for the Bill and Ted's, but I like the choices. It's, it's a good choice. Yeah. And then, um, number one, of course, is, uh, Matrix. And number two, I couldn't decide between which Matrix, uh, two or three, but. Oh wow! You put one of the uh, one of the Matrix sequels on there, huh? Yeah, I thought I thought they were all equally really good. Um, right. But uh, Bill and Ted, I loved those movies as a kid. I I don't know if they hold up anymore, but that doesn't really not really what matters. It, you know, for me, it's you know how the nostalgia. And no, absolutely. I went to the second one, the the bogus journey, when I was uh, a kid, and went to it in the theater. So it really sticks in my mind. Absolutely no, I, I totally agree with you. They do totally hold up today. I'll, I'll I'll talk about my list as well. Okay. So, so you're two. You're kind of two and one. Where the Matrix kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, I, I got some. I got. I have my top five, and then I have a bonus one okay. that I wanted to throw in. That is just. It, it didn't make my top five, but it deserves to be talked about just for um, Keanu Reeves and just who he is. But um, number five, I put Speed. Okay. Um, I put Speed at number five because it was kind of Keanu's first real test as an action star and like um, holding screen time and like um, first real big boy job. You know what I mean? In terms of uh, being the main character and being the main love interest, and it's a yeah. great movie. Yeah. It's definitely a fun chase action, crazy fun movie, and also Sandra Bullock's first movie too. That's where was her first movie really? That was her first film. Wow. So that's where she. That's pretty much where she was discovered, and um, yeah, I mean, Speed was definitely Keanu Reeves's big jump from side character doofus to like leading man, you know. And he was kind of the heartthrob to it too. I remember girls in my uh, class just you know going crazy for that movie. Yeah, absolutely. Speed was awesome, and it got him more roles, you know, in terms of like Point Break and things like that. But uh, Point Break did not make my list. So. Mm-mm. Um, but Me number five, either. Speed, great movie, great action movie, great everything, just perfect cast, perfect everything, totally rewatchable, great film. Number four, I put Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. So reason I got that number four is it is a quintessential 80s staple. It is a hilarious movie, still yeah. even today. It's yeah. super funny. Yep. Uh, actually a very intuitive comedy because when you watch it, uh, when you, if you've never seen it, it sounds totally ridiculous and yeah. totally off the wall and totally stupid. Yeah. But when you watch it, it's so dumb luck funny and actually super like uplifting. It's just a really fun film, and it kind of crosses the sci-fi genre too. So Definitely does. That's why it makes my number four. It, it kind of has that. It kind of has that Dumb and Dumber um, nostalgia to it, where it's like the comedy is just so stupid. That you, you just gotta love it. Yeah, absolutely. And they're so dumb luck heroes, and they're really great. And um, 
him and Alex Winters are really fun back and forth uh, yeah. as Bill and Ted. And then, uh, you know, you've got Genghis Khan and Socrates and Bill the Kid. And <laughs> yeah. Really funny stuff. And uh, overall, still, I mean, holding up today to today's standards, mm-hmm. a very watchable film and uh, a good landmark film. You know, everybody goes back to that one. Everybody knows that one. So, yep. Uh, so that's number four, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Bogus Journey is, is still good, but not as good as Excellent Adventure. Okay. Uh, number three, I chose John Wick as the five, top five greatest Keanu films of all time. Okay. Um, reason it makes number three is this was a huge landmark film that came out of nowhere and started a whole subgenre of action films. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's not your standard action movie. It really isn't. Um, it's ultra action, ultra violence, and like super, super fast physical, uh, just absolute chaos. Right. But in such an elegant way, you know, um, the, the Chinese and Japanese, they've, they've been doing action films kind of like this for years, but mm. they're a little bit more uh, not based in reality. You know, the action in the John Wick movies is very real and, grit and gritty. Right. Um, but the Japanese and Chinese have been making what they call gun ballet films, okay. where the fight sequences work out more that is like a choreographed dance, and they they look beautiful on film. Sure, and they're fun to watch. And this film is kind of like that, but just totally put into a gritty, realistic way. And the, all the things are super stylized, super choreographed. But it did start the it's, it started a whole subgenre of action flick, you know. Um, Atomic Blonde would not exist without John Wick being so successful. That's um, true. I, uh, I John Wick was you know one of my questionable ones whether I was going to put it on there. Um, I didn't because I've only seen it once. And yeah. over the weekend, um, I wasn't able to find it on Netflix or Hulu, and I was too oh, lazy dude. to run out to Shopco and see if they had it. <laughs> uh, so I've only seen it once. So I was like, eh, I can't really put that on my list, you know. Ah, shame, shame. That's okay. Um, but yeah, it makes my number three because it totally, it, it started off a subgenre of action films where the, you know, the actor is going through rigorous training, uh, doing almost, you know, 90% of the stunts themselves, getting into the action. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it just started a whole subgenre of film with a super gritty, ultra quick, realistic violence. And uh, yeah, like I said, Atomic Blonde wouldn't exist without John Wick. Um, there's kind of a lot of John Wick knockoffs coming out now. You know, there was one called Proud Mary, right? Um, which was not good. No, I I remember the previews one. for that, but <laughs> again, that movie would not exist without John Wick. So yeah, um, that's what made my number three is uh, is that, and I, I truly believe that John Wick is probably the best action film in like the last ten years. Okay, so that's why I made my number three. All right, you know what? I love Keanu Reeves is because, you know, on my list I had action ones like The Matrix, but then also silly comedies um, and the um, parenthood where he's just, you know, kind of just a doofus, you know. Um, right. He's oh, so versatile as an actor. He is, absolutely. I mean, he's and, all over know, the place. We're talking about him like he's the greatest actor of all time, but he has some stinker roles too, you know what I mean? Like, oh, sure. I think, I think far and above and beyond the best – like vampire Dracula movie is Bram Stoker's Dracula with Gary Oldman and yep. Winona Ryder. Yes. And he's in that. 
Yes. But he's bad in that. He's yeah. really not good in that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 uh, I'm with some of the fan, people, not fans, people that just hate Keanu Reeves. And, um, yeah, he doesn't knock them all out of the park. But um, when he nails it, he nails it. No, and absolutely. And John Wick, he nails it for sure. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Bram Stoker's Dracula, that is a great film. However, he is just kind of miscast in that role, unfortunately. He was coming off of speed and things like that and just, you know, um, being a leading man. He just can't do a British accent. You can't ask him to do that. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to rewatch that because uh, I don't remember how, his role, really. Oh, it's, it's bad. I mean, he's like, oh, Fermina, I love you. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's not good. He's not a Shakespearean actor. You can't have him do... Uh, British accent, accent. He's too. He's he's got that surfer vibe too much, you know. That oh, yeah, dude. Absolutely. And he's almost best when you don't have him speak at all. In John Wick, he barely speaks, you know, or just you know his sentences are very short. And uh, he's a man of few words and many actions. If you watch the films, so even in Speed, um, he didn't have a lot of words. It was just, "Can you drive this bus?" <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> don't let it hit under fifty-five. Uh, but yeah, um, funny though, the next, the next one on my list is actually one where Keanu Reeves, I think is highly underrated and probably his best dramatic acting performance ever. Uh, but yeah, the next one on my list is number two, Devil's Advocate. Oh, that is really good. If you have never seen Devil's Advocate, you need to watch that film. That is... What comic book is that based on again? Um, I could I don't remember. I couldn't tell you if it was based on a book or a comic. Or I think it's based on John Constantine. Devil's Advocate. I think. Uh, no, there, is a, there is a movie just called Constantine, but with him in it. Okay. Okay. Which is based on Constantine the comic. Yeah. Okay, that's what I'm thinking of then. Okay. On a side note, I think that movie is actually good if you take out the. If you named that, if you named John the the Constantine movie with Keanu Reeves something completely different, like yeah. If you named it anything else other than Constantine, yeah. People probably would have liked it a lot. Yeah, I actually but liked it a lot. Um, I tried not to compare it to the comic book. Yeah, if it you was don't tough. Do that and you watch it for being like a you know a demon action flick, mm-hmm. then it's actually like a paranormal action flick. It's actually good. Like it's a good flick, and he's not bad in it, and um, everything's good you know about it. So, uh, when you take that connotation away and that, that similarity, mm-hmm. um, it's actually a good, good movie. Right. But, uh, Devil's, Devil's Advocate is, um, he is a courtroom lawyer and it's got Al Pacino. Right. You know what I'm talking about now? Yep. I do know. I was thinking of the correct movie, but I was thinking, um, something else. Go on. What's eating Gilbert Grape? <laughs> yeah. We'll talk about that <laughs> one later. We'll do. No, we'll talk no. about that one when we do our Leonardo DiCaprio list. Yeah, there we go. I do love Leo too. I got it. I'll have top five for that too. Yep. But uh, Leo needs a comic. He needs to get. He needs to get a comic book first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but no, Devil's Advocate. If you've not seen the film, uh, prepare yourself to be absolutely floored. Um, not only by Keanu's performance, but by Al Pacino's performance. Charlize Theron is in it. Yes, uh, she is amazing is, in it. It is a truly horrifying film without overdoing the horror. It is just the situational 
um, the situations that people get in in that film, yeah, and like the 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 way that Al Pacino uh, brings him brings Keanu Reeves' character into the fold into this you know big uh, upscale law firm where they're you know they're trying to basically get off the rich people from doing these heinous crimes. Al Pacino it's, is frightening in that movie. Everything is frightening about that movie. I mean, uh, if you've never seen it, I don't want to spoil too much, but I will let you know. I mean, Al Pacino is basically the devil, and he's trying to get Keanu Reeves' character, who is a Southern lawyer, uh, and Keanu actually works really well with the Southern draw, like the Southern drawl. Like yeah, it did. It was good, and so did Sharice Theron. Her yeah. her Southern draw was good. Yeah, and he's actually superb in that movie. If you watch that movie and you don't think he's good at acting in that film, mm-hmm. then you just have no business watching movies at all. You shouldn't watch any movies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like he he is superb in that movie, and I don't think he gets enough credit for his acting chops. Because uh, yes, there are some times when he's miscast, but Devil's Advocate, he is absolutely stellar, and that movie is amazing. So. Uh, Right yeah, on. great film. Don't watch it by yourself if you're kind of feeling down because that's not an upper movie. No, it'll really... just depress you. It does end on a good note, but however, that movie's a huge downer. So <laughs> very, very depressing throughout that film and super scary. I mean, I watched that um, when I was way too young and gave me nightmares. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. And uh, that was number two, Devil's Advocate. Go watch it, please. Great film. Uh, number one, The Matrix. I had to put it on there as number one. Uh, Me too. When I was thinking about you know this list, it was really tough. You know, um, well, like we were talking about earlier, is like making me try and choose my favorite ice cream or my favorite cat or something. I don't know, like uh, my favorite family member. It's tough, you know. Like, oh really? I can choose a favorite family member like that. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite family member is me. Duh. No. None of my family members listen to this, so I would definitely say it's my brother. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yep, he's my favorite family member, so. <laughs> he's going to listen to this and give us, like, a five-star review. When I'm just, you know, when I'm just talking about the core members that I grew up with, you know, um, everyone else can eat a dick, but Travis was awesome. <laughs> All right. Sorry. I told his family to eat a dick on, uh, on the podcast. Mom, don't listen to this. <laughs> pause about five seconds ago <laughs> yeah exactly skip to the next part oh i already said it <laughs> okay so matrix why number one matrix uh, i don't really i don't really like the second and third ones i don't think they're that good uh if you kind of forget the story and watch it for the action they have amazing action scenes mm-hmm. uh, but the story kind of gets washed away uh a little bit and gets convoluted in the second, third one. However, the first one, Matrix number one, mm-hmm. is a superb, awesome, amazing action flick. Um, great story, great acting, uh, a lot of cool Easter eggs if you look for them, a lot of cool backstory into certain scenes. Um, a film that really changed the genre of action. I mean, it, it, invent, it, it, it practically invented bullet time. Uh, Keanu was not the first choice for this film. It kind of just landed in his lap, and the the studio didn't even want him in the in the in the role. They actually wanted Will Smith. Really? Yeah. So uh, Will oh. Smith, however, turned it down. Uh, he just they couldn't offer him enough money, and he was doing the Men in Black stuff. So uh, Will, Will Smith not. wouldn't have been as good, though. 
I couldn't. I can't imagine it with him. Think of how different that film would have been with Will Smith in it. I know. And I like Will Smith. I don't think he's bad. Um, I don't know what other people's beef is with Will Smith either. I think he makes good films, uh, and I enjoy his movies. But yeah, I mean, that movie would be so different. Uh, also, the role of Morpheus was not first offered to uh, Lawrence Fishburne. It was actually offered to Sean Connery. Real? <laughs> this is news to me. So imagine, imagine the Matrix. Okay. With Will Smith as Neo and Sean Connery as Morpheus, and you have a completely different film. Wow. Yeah. Um, um, so yeah, and uh, just to think about that for a little bit, let that sink in, and then compare what we could have had to what we did get. And what we did get was a really genre-bending, amazing sci-fi action film that still holds up today, still has some of the best gunfights we've ever seen on film. Uh, the lobby scene where Keanu and, um, what's her name, Carrie Ann Moss, yeah. when they enter that lobby and, yeah. they, and they drop those guns and they have that huge gunfight in the lobby. Right. They want to rescue Morpheus. I still think that's probably one of the best gunfights ever filmed. Yeah. It's just it is amazing. When you talk about, you know, that's what I'm talking about with like the gun ballet thing. Yep. You know, when they're choreographed so much that it's, it's, it goes off more like a dance. Um, that's what I'm talking about for gun ballet, gun ballet. That's just really, really great. Um, another fun fact about that film, um, everyone prior to even being invited on set had yeah. to read like mountains and mountains of like French philosophy before they could even be on set. Really? So the filmmakers gave them these books that were like probably like thousands, 2000 pages long about French philosophy and like, you know, being existential and multiple dimensions and realities. So, I mean, the actors were put through the ringer before even getting on set and they had to read all this really, heavy stuff that you probably had to have a PhD to fully understand. Wow. But they wanted these actors to understand, you know, the, the idea of the matrix. And, uh, you know, they, even as the first time through the movie, even I didn't get it, you know, like what I left there going, wait, what? And then <laughs> after another viewing, you're, you start to get it more that our reality isn't, reality you know is a is a facade yeah 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 no it's and it's just one of those movies the more you watch it the more you pick up on little things and the more you just get it and um yeah it's completely different you know when you watch it the first time the first viewing is completely different from every subsequent you know viewing because you know you know more and you you understand the world and yeah it's just really cool um i think the matrix tops the list because of how genre bending it was, how iconic it was, and it's um, it's one of those movies that stood the test of time even today. And um, you know, there there are some things in it that are a little dated. Um, I'm trying to think what I uh, I can't even remember what, but I watched it within the last few months and and kind of laughed at some of the technology they were using. Oh yeah, some of the CG doesn't you know some of the CG is a little rough now, but um, you know it's still one of those films that is used as the grading scale in terms of other action films. You know, it is, yep. Uh, and it's inspired a lot of stuff. Uh, like I said, you know, with, with it inventing bullet time, you know, bullet time is huge. It's something that's used in video games and more action films, and just everything uses it uh, as, it's kind of a movie trope now, you know, it's something that 
um, people fall back on if they're looking for something cool to add to their film, and uh, you can thank them for coming up with the idea. That's yeah, exactly. Um, can you imagine if they had used Will Smith though? Because Will Smith cannot do a serious role. He's always got some weird comedy joke, sarcastic comment to throw in. I mean, yeah, to, he's to, definitely he's definitely really quippy and um, yes, quippy. That's right. Bit, yeah, he he definitely lends himself a lot more to the uh, um, again the dumb luck hero, but also. Um, comedy relief comic relief he's very good at it you yeah know, I, I don't i don't fault him for doing those because he's great at it yeah uh, he has some good turns for drama you know ollie's pretty good seven pounds is super depressing but good also a good dramatic role for him uh-huh. um, yeah what about i am legend i liked i am legend however um i think that the ending to that movie is horrible it's a terrible ending true Awful, absolutely terrible. True story. And, um, there's actually, if you go on YouTube, so every listener that's listening right now and um, thinking about this stuff and writing this stuff down, uh, go out on YouTube and watch the alternate ending to I Am Legend and tell me that that is not a better ending. Like, come on, like they should have done that. So, uh, but yeah, other than that, I Am Legend is a pretty decent movie. Okay. So, sorry, I'm just chewing here. Oh, that's okay. I can talk about like colors or something. No, let's go back to the comic book. I picked up I picked up the photo um, of uh, Keanu Reeves for the cover that I wanted. Yeah, absolutely. The photo variant that one's yep. always a nice choice. Um, that's probably if I got anything signed. That's probably what I would get signed is the photo variant. Yep. Uh, however, hopefully, if I send them off with uh, my buddy who does the signings, um, if I sent them off. I hope he would sign it with something other than like a black Sharpie just because I'm not sure where a black Sharpie would show up on that cover. Um, maybe across the name John Wick, but maybe, but I wouldn't want that. Like I'd want it somewhere prominent that you can see. So I would hope they would bring like a silver or gold paint pen. Yep. Uh, that would look a lot better. Yep. And uh, send a little note along with your comic, please use, yeah, please use this. <laughs> and he'd probably be like, well, I didn't bring one. Like, oh, dude, know. I didn't bring one. <laughs> oh, so my pink pens are cold. Sorry, bro. man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, hopefully, uh, another thing about the signing, if if and when it does happen, he, he does have the option to go to these. So hopefully I would be like, you know, hey, man, you should bring me along. And he'd be like, yeah, let's go. And I'd be like, yes, this is amazing. I just I don't even know what I would say to him. Oh, to Keanu? Yeah, I don't know what I would say to him if I met him. Mm, yeah, I mean, for, when I've met when I've met celebrities, I've always tried to um, just act like it was ain't no big thing, you know, because I didn't. I never want to be that geeky fanboy that just annoys them. Right. I I I always try to treat them on the same level that I am, you know. No, absolutely, and that's where I'd be. But I just I don't know. You don't want to sound like that, you know, every other fan ever. Like, oh, hey, big fan, blah, blah, blah. You yep. know what I mean? Yeah, like, exa- exactly. You want to say something differently. I don't know. I think yeah. I'd ask him about his new motorcycle business because now he builds motorcycles and they, he sells them for, like, crazy amounts. Yeah. Oh, yeah, maybe ask him if he's had, what, big clients yet or anything, you know? Yeah, and be like, hey, how's that motorcycle business? I saw a video about you doing that and they look cool. And I'm not into motorcycles, but I know you're a huge enthusiast, so let me know how that's going. 
<laughs> maybe he would maybe he would appreciate that I'm I'm talking about his interest rather than mine. Yeah, exactly. You know, there's so many um, people that are always like, I love your movies. That was my favorite movie. It changed my life. You know, and he's like, oh, great. I just did it for a paycheck. You know? <laughs> no, absolutely. And, um, well, speaking about uh, his films and like what he's done, uh, another thing that makes just him cool is um, the way he lives his life. And he he's not a huge like uh, – what am I looking for? He's not an extravagant movie star. You know, he doesn't have like the lavish cars and a huge, a huge mansion. He's actually a super humble guy and he lives in like a small studio apartment in New York and like takes the subway. And, uh, another cool fact about the matrix is most of, uh, most of Keanu's paycheck for the matrix trilogy. Actually, he donated it back to the effects guys so that they could keep doing the, the movies and keep doing great work and keep doing quality effects. He donated almost like a, a hundred, like a, um, I would say like a million dollars or something like that out of his checks to them. That's so awesome. The special effects guys. Yeah. Out of his own, out of his own pocket. That's really cool. He's like, you know, I can't look good without their work, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, none of those, none cool of those thing. effects would have looked cool without them, you know? Exactly. He, he understands um, he understands film on a molecular level. You know what I mean? He mm -hmm. understands you can't be on screen and look cool and do the action scenes without some of the special effects guys and the stunt men and all of that stuff. And that's actually um, one reason he wanted to work with the, the guys from John Wick because the guys from John Wick were actually stunt men on the Matrix. Oh, really? Yeah. That's so awesome. That's why he wanted to work with them and do this movie is – they were, they were huge uh, integral parts of the Matrix and um, stuntmen from his wheelhouse that he's worked with before. Okay. Yep. So, this comic, do you think when they reach the end of the movie plot, they'll stop? Or are they going to keep going? Or um, The nice thing about this, though, is you can start with this and with a character who has no backstory. And he's also got this uh, um, steeped mythology of being a badass. Yep. You can just put him on random jobs, you know? Exactly. You can just do, this is volume one, this is kind of where he came from, it's a little bit of a backstory, and then you can go somewhere along the lines of his timeline, here's a time where he had to fight this guy or do an interesting job, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because he's, he's a hitman, and in the films, he's already a retired hitman, and um, long retired, and he's had a very long career, so... Uh, there's a lot of places you can take this. There's a lot of places you can go. Uh, there is no real constrictions with this book. You can take it anywhere you want, and that is the uh, upside I was talking about earlier in the show uh, of this book and of this uh, character. And, uh, yeah, you do, do a lot. Do you think that you will continue to read it regardless if it's good or not? Um, or continue to buy it, I should say? This, uh, definitely right now, I'm super interested to see what happens. I want more action. I want to know what happens. Yeah. If it ever got bad, I probably would buy maybe just one copy just to have a complete run of whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not uh, I'm not glib to this stuff. You know, if, if I'll, call, I'll call a duck a duck. You know, if it's bad, it's bad. Yeah. Um, will I still buy it? Maybe. Yeah. Would I still read it? Probably not. <laughs> yeah, just so you if can complete a run and then have that. Yeah, if it, if it's bad, it's bad. You know, I'm not gonna sugarcoat some. I'm not gonna try and defend something. Um, 
that I don't like, you know, personally. It's kind of like me with Lost. I was so into it that when it started getting bad, I I, I couldn't not watch. (laughs) You know what I mean? I invested so much time. So by the end of the, by by the season six, I'm like, fuck, I got to do this. Yeah. I was actually a fan of Lost too. I started watching Lost um, and then... I dropped off after they found the bunker and they got into the bunker and then things just got weird. And then I was just like, I'm out. This is dumb. I can't do it. <laughs> it got dumber. Believe me. Oh yeah. I heard all about it. So <laughs> I'm glad, I'm glad I stopped watching. Cause I was like, I was super interested <laughs> up until that point. And the show was actually stunningly brilliant up into that point. And then yeah. I was just like, why do they have to press this button? Like, I'm so done. I'm so done. Yeah. They should have definitely gone a different direction with the show. Because um, after that pilot episode, they could have gone a million different directions. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And they had a lot of room to do cool stuff, but I don't know. It just ended up being – it kind of fizzled out and just – I think it just kind of suffered what the second and third Matrix film suffered is it was so popular and everybody loved it. Yeah. However – studio and executives were trying to push out films quicker than the filmmakers could write or you know uh the screenwriters could write a good story yeah and it just kind of got lost uh no no pun intended yeah (laughs) i watched the matrix as a trilogy you know what i mean and so i put the other ones at number two because um i don't know they belong with number one to me um it's kind of like for me, it's kind of like Back to the Future. When you say Back to the Future, I always think which one, because um, I think of them as a complete package. No, I understand, and that's fair. Um, I, I think the only thing that is just holding back the second and th- the second and third one is they want to live up to the story of number one, but they just can't. So it just it gets lost, and it just doesn't it doesn't translate. Right. When you have to do a bunch of research to understand, you know, what actually ultimately happened, that's not you're not making a great film there. Yeah, you're uh, right. In the defense of those movies, they have amazing action scenes. And that's why you watch the second and third Matrix movies. It's not for the story, it's for the action. And the first one though, the story, the action, the characters, everything in the first one, spot on. Ten out of ten, perfect film. I agree. I uh I might go watch that as soon as we're done talking. Um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Uh, okay, John Wick, the comic book, this issue. We keep going off track on uh, Keanu Reeves' track, but that's okay. Yeah, this is the, this is the John Wick, Keanu Reeves episode. Okay, so dialogue, what would you think? I thought it was fine. Um, I, liked the, I liked just how um, uh, shorthanded and... Um, his his John Wick's actual uh, lines are, you know what I mean? Yep. You know, the, like the lady at the, uh, he goes into a diner and he's sitting down. He just wants to eat and he's hanging out. And the um, the lady's like, you know, I don't want any trouble. And he's like, don't worry, I like it quiet. She's like, okay, good. And he's and he's just like up to a point, you know. And it's just he doesn't say a whole lot, but that's that's the character. Yeah. Um, yeah. Other than that, though, I think the dialogue is perfect. I think the dialogue is fine. Um, I like the nods to the film. Yeah. I mean, you've got you've got a character that's straight from the movie. It's the kind of the desk clerk at the uh, at the um, the hotel in the movie. That's the black guy in the comic. Yep. 
So he talks about the Continental, and um, that's why I think you get a little bit more out of this book if you've seen the if you've seen the movie because you get the character relationship and yeah, it's cool. My favorite uh, scene in this comic book favorite panel is when he goes out his own apartment window, um, grabs that couch cushion, and uses it to bl- uh, plow through the window across the alley. Uh, yeah. And then the dialogue is, hot damn, that little punk can jump. Right, yeah. And that's kind of fun because uh, that's, you know, that's lines from earlier when there was a, there was like a flashback when he was a kid. Yep. So there's That's kind of a nice little callback. Yep. And good on the creators to take the realism of the movies and bring it to the comics because in a comic, you know, you can bend that, bend that realism a little bit because it's a book, it's a comic book, and you can just kind of go for the more superhero approach. But good on them to use the realistic action from the films. And, I mean, he grabs the couch cushion so that he can brace the window so he's not, he doesn't get you know cut up. Yep. And that's just a nice forethought from the writers and the creators to put the action, the realistic action of the films into the comic. Yes, because that, that, uh, that's just it. It added a sense of realism for me because so many times you see superheroes just dive through windows. But yeah. um, John Wick is not a superhero. Um, so right. him having to get through a you know, glass window, this makes this makes sense, you know? Exactly, yeah. So, <laughs> to jump through a window, you're going to need something to brace yourself. So, uh, yeah, it's just nice. And he's not, you know, Captain America jumping through a bulletproof plate plastic window or something like that. Right. I I really like the halftone shading they did, like on on his shirt. You know, it's got the dot shading. Um, yeah. In some of the scenes, um, but you know, I'm a big fan of pop art, and so seeing these uh, techniques that pop artists use for shading and things like that um, is really neat. And I see it all through the book on on people's clothes. Yeah, absolutely. They did a good job. You know, it, it's uh, it's fun. It's still comic booky with that, with also holding the realism. Yep. And um, they nailed just some of the mannerisms uh, of the character. Uh, there's a point where he's holding a gun, but he's holding the gun with both hands, just like he does in the movie. Mm-hmm. He's in that kind of assault, cloak, like you know, close quarters shooting stance. Yep. And that's straight out of the film. So uh, they took their time and they looked at what they wanted this this uh, comic to hit on in terms of uh, some of the big uh, big moments from the film. And they nailed them, I think. I think they nailed them good. Yeah, Dynamite hasn't had a good series in a while. Um, so I think that this is a comeback for them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think this is a good license for them to have. Yep. Hopefully they can keep it and keep it in their own wheelhouse and do a lot of good, fun stuff with it. Yeah. Uh, like for- I said earlier, there's there's so much upside to this. You can do anything you want, and uh, you know I'm ready for this to be good. And I'm also if it, if it takes off, and they do multiple storylines and multiple volumes. Yeah. There's probably going to be some stinkers out there. I mean, it's it's just kind of a law of averages. You know, eventually you run out of ideas and you just you just ship one out because you need to ship one out. So. If there's a stinker storyline, there's a stinker storyline. But, you know, if they keep doing this and they do a volume one, volume two, volume three, uh, I'll keep checking it out at least. I will too. I'm going to I'm gonna go get the next couple issues for sure. 
So I want to see how this. Yeah. I want to see how this plays out. Yeah, very ready for issue number two on this one for sure. Yep. All right. So, you, so you did not pick up anything else this week? No, dude. I didn't pick up. Any, <laughs> I didn't pick up anything else this week. I had blinders on this week. Like you were, out, there was so, you ran out of money. So much other stuff I wanted to pick up this week, but I, or, uh, I did not. Oh, it was good stuff. Uh, oh, I know, I know. I missed out on a ton of good stuff. Uh, I know, um, you know, eBay wise and flipping are talking about uh, spec books. Um, Batman Annual, for some odd reason, was the hot book this week. I know it sold um, like crazy. Well, it's like a ten to fifteen dollar book on eBay right now. I don't know why. So, what was it? Five bucks new? Yeah, I think so. Uh, Four ninety nine. Has a? I think it has just a good Batman Catwoman story. Well, it is popular because Batman and Catwoman right now are engaged. Um, right. And so it's just kind of showing some of their early dates, if you will, you know. Their early trysts. Yeah, you know. And gotcha. honestly, I'm kind of bummed that he's marrying Catwoman. Not that I think that it will actually go through with it, but um, I think Talia Al Ghul was much better partner for Bruce. Yeah. In my opinion, but... But Yeah, I mean, that was kind of the big spec book this week. A very huge surprise. No one saw that coming in Mm -hmm. terms of value and stuff. So so that's tough to get. Uh, There was a bunch of other stuff that came out this week, though. Sword of Ages was uh, one I wanted to get this week. I didn't end up getting. Uh Um, Can't remember anything else. Like I said, I I tried to have blinders on this week because I just... I didn't... I was already spending a huge chunk of change on these books and uh, didn't want to get locked up with anything else yeah um i'm gonna pull up what did i text you that was really good um fujitsu oh fujitsu number three dude oh you have to buy it and even if (laughs) and read it and even if we don't talk about it you don't want to miss it it's so good i know fujitsu is one of those uh one of those books that came out of nowhere and i didn't know what I was going to get when I first bought it, yeah. and I instantly fell in love with it. I was very happy with Fujitsu number one. Yep. Number two was hilarious, too. And, uh, yeah, I should I should definitely get number three. Uh, I think the local shop is sold out, so I'll probably have to pick that one up offline. Yeah. Uh, I don't think the print runs on it very high, but I'm sure I can find it on eBay for cover price. Probably. Um, yep. But, yeah, you know, it completely changes direction and shows a little backstory and – um, kind of brings up to speed um, as far as uh, Wadlow, you know. Oh, sure. And not that I want to do a review on uh, Fujitsu, but I, I'm just – anyone listening needs to read this series. It is so good. Yeah, Fujitsu from Aftershock is highly hilarious, super fun, a great genre-bending book. It's, it's, really it's smart fun. too. I mean it's a th- – I call it a thinking man's book, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's not defined by itself. It's it's defined by everything, and it's really great and fun. Yeah. And uh, every issue is a pleasure to read, even though they're only on two, now three, but uh, yep. just a blast. Really, really fun. Um, try and look for it. Again, it's Fujitsu from Aftershock Comics. If you want to listen to more, or if you want to hear me super geek out about it, I think there was an episode where I was like, yeah, I don't know. Out of body experience reading that. Yeah, wow. and you literally almost read the issue cover to cover on the episode. <laughs> uh, the episode is called Foo, Fu. So you can take that however you want to. If go back, <laughs> go back in our feed. Look for Foo, capital F, capital U. Um, 
and it's just and, awesome. John does a great job going over issue number two, and he did that for my benefit because it was sold out, and I did not get to read it. Um, so I did get it uh, online later, uh, which I think you're gonna have to do with number three. That's fine, and I'm okay with that. Christmas is coming. I've got some extra funds coming in. Um, you know, I'm uh, I'm making a couple big purchases for myself, but uh, I can I can afford a three dollar book. So. Do you do you ask for comics for Christmas? No, actually, for Christmas, I ask for gift cards or nothing. Like, <laughs> right? You know, and I'm not saying like I either want gift cards or I don't want nothing. Like, um, I, you know, my mom always asks me like, "What do you want for Christmas?" Yeah. You know, I'm of that age now where I don't need anything. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, I just want stuff. Yep. But I always tell my mom, I'm, you know, mom, I don't don't worry about it. I don't need nothing. You know, if, if you want to get me something throw me a gift card somewhere right that's fine but uh, I, I do i actually really don't want anything from you i don't want you to go out and spend money on me i but you know always does right my mom always does too and that's because her husband is not ready to stop buying gifts for his sons uh, yeah. who are also in their 30s you know so um <laughs> so you know she wants to stop but you know he still he still wants to buy them gifts and so she's still buying gifts and she asked me to create an Amazon wish list. Oh, so, sure. And so, um, I, I, I don't ask for individual comic books because that's just too hard. Cause I'll probably buy it within a day anyway. Um, yeah. And you don't want them to buy the wrong thing and then you're stuck with it. Yeah. But I do put graphic novels on there and, um, and, uh, trade paperbacks, things like that, that, you know, maybe it's something I was reading, and kind of dropped off for a little while. Um, so I will put some of that stuff on there. Yeah. Um, because you can't really screw that up, you know? <laughs> no, you really can't. You really, really can't. So, but yeah, I mean, um, gift cards, you know, a lot of people are like, I don't like giving gift cards because, you know, it's less personal, but it's like, you know what? Give me a gift card because no one knows what I want better than me. Like I want this, and you yeah. don't have to go to the store and get it. I will. So <laughs> I kind of miss the I miss the getting away from getting someone a gift that you thought out and you want to give them a gift that you feel represents how what you want to give them. Um, I don't feel like we should give gifts to everybody like we do now. You know what I mean? Um, my my niece's dad, okay, my sister and this guy are no longer together. And my sister is not really um, involved in our family. But my sure. mom invited him to Christmas. That's that's fine. That's cool. But he's bringing his daughters from another relationship. And so now I feel pressured to have to get them gifts, you know, because I'm giving my other nieces gifts. Right. And I just... I wish it didn't have to be that way because I don't know those girls very well and it, it'll be just something generic anyway. You know what, man? I, I have a very strong stance on this. Uh -huh. if, I, if I don't associate with you that much, I, I don't talk to you that much. Uh, I'm not going to get you a gift. Like I, I don't care. You know, I don't care what people think. If, if I, if I don't get them a gift or something, they're, they're mad at me. Like, it's like, I don't know you that well. Yep. And I don't, I'm not going to buy you some shit that you're going to throw away or forget about and yeah. waste my money and my time. Yeah. Uh, not that, it's not that I didn't want to get you anything, but uh, I didn't want to get you anything. 
Yeah, it's both. I mean, definitely both. So, yeah, I take a very hard stance on it. If, you know, if you're not part of my immediate family or you didn't get me something, I ain't getting you nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, John, um, the speaker, the Bluetooth speaker that you're talking through right now is blinking at me that it is going dead. That's so, all right. I think we've talked quite a bit. So. We are at 53 minutes. That's way longer than I thought we were going to make it with uh, just the topic of John Wick. Yeah, we did a, did a really good job. This episode was fun, and um, I appreciate all the listeners. Thanks for listening. Oh, yeah, for sure. Comments or reviews, let us know um, what we should be reading, what should we, which we, what should we be talking about. Um, if anybody leaves a review, I'll give you a copy of John Wick number one for free. So go ahead. I'll throw that out there. And then also, uh, what direction you think the show should go? I mean, we, we're trying all different kinds of things. We talk sometimes. John and I are together talking about a pile of comics from the week. Sometimes, like right now, we're uh, over the phone talking about one comic. Um, you know, we kind of like to do it all. So, yeah, absolutely. Let us know what you want us to talk about. Or um, that's the nice thing about this show is we don't exclusively just talk about comics. We talk about a little bit of everything and. Um, I'd like to keep that tone going, just right. doing doing whatever we want to do. Sometimes it's nice because, you know, you and I don't um, um, hang out during the week except for this uh, just because our lives are so different. So so sometimes it's nice just to, like, catch up on stuff, and then, it's, uh, then that makes a good episode too. Yeah, just hang out and nerd out and just be us. And, yep, exact, yeah. exactly. Absolutely, man. I appreciate you. You're going to get a Christmas gift. From oh, me, John. I, I have a gift already picked out for you. <laughs> okay. Well, for Smash and Grab Comics, this is Tyler. And this is JP. We'll see you guys later. Bye. This has been a Smash and Grab Media production.